The year is 1986. People all over America decide to hold hands for peace. The Soviet nuclear reactor explodes in Chernobyl, and a Chinese warrior explodes after seeing his boss get a knife to the head. GameZillaMedia.com It's time for the last action podcast! Pop quiz, hot shot! Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need for the need for tea. Please, we can kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to the Last Action Podcast. I am the Sphinx, and with me, as always, who is it? Your better half, LPJ! I don't know if I'd go that far. No, I am 100% the better half of this. Nope. That's a big fat lie. But on the plus side, today I'm just the better third. Because we have a guest. We sure do. And our special guest is going to go by Captain Showtime today. Captain Showtime, how are you, man? I'm doing well. Awesome. The Cap is here with us. Yep, and and we let the Cap pick the movie, because that's generally what we do. We let the guest pick the film, and the Captain is sailing this ship for us today. (laughs) As a relic from the Suncoast Motion Picture Company. There you go. I love Suncoast. It's a great place to work. Do you have a really, like, cool or exciting story? Uh... One Not to put you on the spot, mm-hmm. but, you know. No, it's usually the, uh, just thinking back at some of the weirder customers that we used to have. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm the, sure that happened. The obsession with the, <laughs> um, yeah, with the videos. So it was fun. I mean, it's great because you just sit around and you talk about movies with people when they come in. So, yeah. I mean, imagine like you're getting paid for the, oh wait, you do get paid to sit around and talk yeah. about movies. So <laughs> oh yeah. I, I, I worked at a video store for a long time and, and it was the same thing. We'd always have the same regulars that would come in. Most of the regulars were porn renters, but <laughs> the ones that no weren't, the ones that weren't, were very interesting to talk to because they had the same opinions about every movie. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm sure they have great opinions about the porn that they rent. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you just, yeah. Well, I can know. tell you what the opinion I, is. I'm going to clean some of the cassettes off. Oh, <laughs> and with that, our film <laughs> is Big Trouble in Little. China. Yes, it is. Which came out in the great year of 1986 because I was born that year, which I don't know if that makes either of you feel bad since you're both older than me, but <laughs> graduated from high school that year. <laughs> if, anything, if anything, it makes me feel better about myself. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. So let's dig right into this um, with kind of first impressions or first times we've seen this. Yeah. I think we'll have our guests go first. Cap, okay. what is your kind of first impression of this film when you saw it and whatnot? Oh, well, um, I remember seeing it with my brother. Uh, both of us are big action movie heroes, uh, movie fans anyway. So um, going to see this one, we were excited because, you know, we had there was very little hype for it. It was one of those that, that just didn't seem like, hmm, no one's saying anything about it. So I remember going to um, watch the movie with kind of zero expectations, not mm-hmm. really understanding, you know, what we were going after. Um, and just laughing our asses off through it because <laughs> it was so not what we expected it to be. You know, it's, we expect this kind of action movie, but um, it was more, it leaned more on the side of comedy. Yeah. But it was done by a horror director. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's such an eclectic thing. That's, that's, I think, is why it makes it one of my favorites. Okay, cool. Yeah, it is quite the puzzle of mixtures and whatever it is that's going on. We'll talk more about how there's like zero publicity on this film too, because mm-hmm. that's I think ultimately what derails it when it comes out 
when it when it first was released but lbj i i obviously i would never saw this in the theater i would have been seven at the time and um i didn't catch it until later on when i was in i might have might have seen it when i was in elementary school maybe in the early 90s mm-hmm. on tv probably on hbo or something and um i i never saw the whole thing in one big chunk I would always catch bits and pieces of it, and then eventually I would rent it and watch the whole thing. Uh, and it was one of those movies that, you know, you, you. It was one of the first movies that really solidified to me what a cult movie was. Hmm. Uh, it's um, it's definitely not a mainstream movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It is bizarre in many aspects, um, but it's a classic at the same time. It's we, it's that weird. It it toes that weird line where. It's so weird that it's classic, mm-hmm. you know. And I guess that's ultimately what a cult movie ends up being. Um, and, uh, and and I love it. This movie's I love this movie. Well, I think with when you say cult movie, I think a way to determine whether something's a cult movie is either you love it or you haven't seen it, right? Yeah, you don't hear people right. go like it was all right, right? You either loved it or no, I haven't seen it. You know, yes and no. Because we ran into this issue with Boondock um, Saints. With Boondock Saints. Mm. We watched Boondock Saints recently with a with a previous guest, and um, after seeing it, I still didn't quite like it. And that's considered one of the kind of the all time cult movies, at least one of the all time current cult movies. True. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I I this is this may be an interesting episode because I personally maybe i'm not a cult movie guy i don't know okay but this movie did not do a whole lot of anything for me at all i didn't think it would no i really didn't and i can probably pinpoint what it is uh uh-huh and i um i remember as a kid like seeing kind of similar to you lpj i remember seeing little clips here and there on tv and whatnot this may have been the first time i've actually seen it from beginning and end because a lot of it did not look familiar and i just didn't remember what was going on so being able to to watch it from beginning and end and getting ready for this podcast and all these other movies we've been watching lately doing this is yeah this is like mm, not a sphinx movie at all but yeah i didn't think it would be <laughs> but i'm still excited to talk about it so yeah because there is a because you know it is a cult classic and maybe one of the first ones that really can take on that title maybe because we're also talking about right around the birth of like home videos as well, yeah. which is what really made this movie popular was the fact that people went out and owned it because clearly no one saw the movie as <laughs> no, right, found right. out in the theater. <laughs> well, what except, did, except, except for, for uh, my brother except for and I, my brother. <laughs> Who, who's older? You or your brother? Uh, I'm the older. You're the older. Okay. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, when did when did um, Rocky Horror Picture Show come out? Uh, was probably that 79? Yeah. I think 78, 79. Because guess. that became a cult. That get that gained a cult following prior to VHS release. True, um, mm-hmm. but I think that's probably the only one. I can't think of any other movies that are cult movies that are, you know, a earlier than that, and b happened before the dawn of VHS. Yeah, mm-hmm. this might be the first. The, the uh, Big Trouble might be the first. Yeah, at least the one for video reasons. I mean, yeah, Rocky Horror was a cult thing because you went to the theater and you threw your rice. Sure, and you, right. It was yep. an interactive experience. So. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So our director um, is John Carpenter, which everyone is going to recognize that name for for horror movies. Mm-hmm. But but here he is uh, doing a action sci-fi. Um, John Carpenter always wanted to do a martial arts film, and so he he said this was kind of his attempt at it. Um, and what's interesting, and one of the reasons why this movie probably failed so poorly at the box office, 
was there was a similar movie coming out at the same time that Eddie Murphy was starring in called The Golden Child. Have either of you seen this movie, The Golden, Golden Child? Child? I know I've seen it, but I can't tell you anything about it. Yeah, okay. I saw it. I watched about half of it recently just because it was. It happened to be on TV. Um, and it was funny. I mean, it has a lot of the same comedic elements and beats as something like Beverly Hills Cop. Mm-hmm. Um but it also has the weird mysticism that this movie has as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. And and I can absolutely get, you know, why the studio was a little gun-shy about releasing this movie so close to uh, uh, Golden Child. Yeah, and, and Carpenter was actually asked if he wanted to direct that film and turned it down so that he could do this one. Um, and he really, the way he likes to describe this movie is he calls it an inverse of a traditional movie of what you may see in an action film in which you have, in his words, you have a white action star leader protagonist that can have like a sidekick that is oftentimes like a minority that, you know, you're going to work together and kind of save the day. And he's like, well, that's not really the way that this movie was done. It was really more Wang was kind of the, the leading drive of what was going on in this movie. And then Kurt Russell, the, the white guy, was kind of like the silly, didn't really know what he was doing, kept asking questions, mm-hmm. um, guy sidekick instead. Mm-hmm. So he really liked that that difference that he was offering for a movie. The studios hated that idea, though. Mm-hmm. Like, they were not happy with it at all. Well, you know, studios are always looking for something a little bit different. Um, and I go back to the 1930s when everything was either a Western or a musical, mm-hmm. and Universal made a name by starting to do the horror films, right? So Frankenstein and Dracula and those. Mm-hmm. So I think um, Ghostbusters was the first that kind of took the horror but added comedy to it and became this huge success. And when the studios too when they uh go to release their movies they always seem to like compete against each other so like uh what was the dante's peak and yeah. volcano mm-hmm. like there always seems to be those two kind of movies coming armageddon out at the same time. deep impact and, right oh, yeah. yep. so it's always the same kind of you know they're, they're competing like ooh, they're doing this we should do one mm-hmm. that's better yeah so i think you know when when we look at this and he said golden child is coming out he's well, well let's turn it on its ear mm-hmm. and you know then it would be uh very different yeah yeah, for sure. Uh, the producer is Larry J. Franco, who is responsible for uh, him and Carpenter are, are together in almost all of his big movies. So, mm-hmm. like Halloween, The Fog, The Thing. Uh, I'm only missing a couple others there, but mm-hmm. you know, if if Carpenter directed it, he had Franco uh, as his producer doing that as well. And then our writers are starting off. It's Gary Goldman and David Weinstein. And their original, do you guys know what the original idea was for this movie? I do. Oh, yeah. That was a Western. Yeah. yeah. Yep. It was very much a, a drifter rides into town conf- and, and kind of ends up in this situation. Um, and, it, and basically in the middle of some kind of Chinese, you know, war mm-hmm. and has to has to fight his way out. Um, but yeah, but it just didn't fly. It didn't mesh. It was too much of a disconnect. Yeah, and Carpenter is a big fan of westerns, and, and he's said that uh, a lot in different interviews and stuff that I've I've seen of his. So he he was kind of on board for that idea. Studios weren't in love with it, so they brought in W. D. Uh, Richter to adjust the film and and modernize it, which I feel like he based on like this movie. I don't know. I don't. I barely see any real elements of a western here, unless <laughs> unless instead of the I cowboy do. you got the semi truck. I don't know. Well, it's stealing no, it's his a, horse. It's hundred <laughs> percent right. Yeah. In in the original yeah. script, his horse was supposed to be stolen. Yeah, and it's his truck that gets stolen. So it's not. 
And from what I, because I was listening to the commentary, and um, what Carpenter said was the original script was almost unreadable. Mm. Like it was so, it was just terrible, like the way it was written. But the the kernel of what was of what was there was good, and he kept passing on it until eventually his wife said, "Just give it a read, take another look at it." Uh, and and she was the one that kind of convinced him to go in and um, ask the studio to maybe clean it up or have somebody go clean it up. And that's with this other guy, um, I can't Richter. Richter, mm-hmm. where Richter came in and. Um, and modernized it. And a lot of the reasons why they did that was <clears throat> they were doing a movie that was going to be introducing all of these um, mystical elements like, you know, Chinese lore and and flying lightning gods and all that. And then to have that juxtaposed with also getting the, the, the audience to buy into a period piece, a Western period piece at that time was just going to be too much of a leap. So that's why they brought it. They modernized it is to take one element out of there to make it a little more comprehensible for uh, the, the average film goer, which obviously didn't help, mm-hmm. but um, that was their plan at least. And it, and I look back at that and think, oh my gosh, you know, if you're doing a Western and you especially look at the stereotypical representations and he goes into the Chinese were not really well depicted. Mm-hmm. So I mean, thinking, gosh, that really would have changed you know, yeah. how, you know, how that goes. Because now... Um, one of the things that I love about the movie is how badass the the Chinese gangs are. Mm-hmm. So I grew up back in the day <laughs> <laughs> with Channel 20, mm-hmm. the local uh, Detroit here broadcasting station. Um, every weekend would put on these, um, the, the like Five Fingers of Death and mm-hmm. the, these kung fu movies. That's and, where I first saw them too. Yeah, and my brothers and I would sit and watch these things, just stare at these things, and then of course have to fight after. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> you know yeah. they show all those now. Robert Rodriguez's station, El Rey. Really? He shows them all, all the time. Oh, he nice. bought the rights to, God, all kinds of Hong Kong cinema, and um, yeah, he shows that. He shows like uh, the Five Venoms. Mm-hmm. He shows. Um, there's a ton of them. There's a ton of movies that he shows. Didn't you throw in there Babylon Five? Weren't we having a conversation about that? You said he bought the rights to that too. No, or Stargate. Stargate, that yeah, was Yeah, he it. shows all the Stargate episodes. Stargate, Stargate Atlantis. Yeah, okay. Um, you know, Fox, though, kind of agreed a little bit more on me in terms of they just didn't see a whole lot of relationship between the old script and the new script, so much so that they didn't want to give Goldman and Weinstein any credit at all for this film. And they had to go to the, the Writers Guild to get something to finally happen here, and they did. And then, if you look, Richter isn't considered a writer, he, it's considered adaptation by, and that's mm-hmm. the credit that he gets for this film. So mm-hmm. I find that kind of, I don't think we've done a movie where I've seen anyone be adaptation by. That's that's a new term we've gotten so far. Yeah, certainly not in, not in our realm of movies. There's, <laughs> yes. there's been some. Oh, but, I'm sure. But not so many not so many with us. I mean, well, even in the Academy Awards, isn't it an adapted screenplay or whatever? It's an award you can get. But mm-hmm. yeah. Well, I'm blanking on the term, but I know like when a director doesn't want to put his name onto something, um, they use a, sp- a specific name. Um, yeah, I, I can't think of what it is. Smithy, Alan Smithy. Oh. So if you ever see anything directed by Alan Smithy, that's the director saying, I don't want to be associated with this. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, because the producers changed it or whoever. Well, John Carpenter liked this movie enough. He kept his name on it. He did. <laughs> and, 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 you know, and by, all accounts, <laughs> by all accounts, they had fun filming it, and he loved it. Mm-hmm. He did complain, though. I guess he only had four months to do post-production, yeah, which that seems pretty obvious to me that that was, that was the case. <laughs> yeah. But, again, that's, that's me. So, Well, are you watching it through today's eyes? Because the special effects at the time <laughs> yeah. were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> See, and I think this is part of my – this is why I knew you weren't going to like this. I know. Is, <laughs> I know. Is it's not 
you have to take a. You're going back to RoboCop on me, and how? Oh, yeah, how I see. I got. <laughs> I am about the special effects there. It's not just mm. that, but just the whole the whole idea of it. Like, for example, the dialogue in this movie was written with that 30s and 40s, uh, very very um, um, quick pace style, the quick back and forth, and uh, they talked like you know that weird 30s and 40s affectation in their voice. Yeah, um, I'm not a fan of that. And I knew mm. you would hate that. And I knew you Because through half this movie, I'm, I'm like Jack Burton. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, like, I, for for a while, I tried to want to enjoy that. Like, all mm-hmm. right, you know, I'm kind of going for the ride, you know, with Jack, trying to figure out and piece together what's happening here. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I'm like, screw this. Like, yeah, like, I, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, and I don't really care. Like, over I feel like Jack Burton are. feels the way, too, in the film. Like, I don't know, I don't care, but I got an Uzi, so I'm going to ride along with all these Chinese guys and do this. So you got to pull the line out then. Paper? Paper. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> script? Script. Fuck it. Uh, that's awesome. It's exactly right. But I think that's why I, I like it so much. Yeah. He's, you know, he comes in with this attitude. He's the badass. You know, I'm, I remember seeing him in uh, Escape from New York. Uh-huh. Right? So Snake Plissken character and here he comes the same character and then suddenly I'm watching and he goes, wait, what's happening right now? He's, <laughs> yeah. He's, he's scared and he's blowing yeah. up things on his head and he's... You know, <laughs> he's He's a leading man who doesn't know he's the sidekick. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. the best part. That's he, exactly has, right. he has no idea that he's not really the hero, mm-hmm. but he thinks he is. Mm-hmm. And that's how he plays it. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, Wong is obviously like, no, I'm I'm really kind of handling all this. <laughs> right, yeah. right. You know, you. it's great that you're here. And doesn't mm-hmm. want to tell him what's going on either, no. which is no, awesome. No. Which is awesome. <laughs> no, and Wang's always got the answer, too. Mm-hmm. He always knows what's going on. Oh, yeah, he knows exactly what's yeah. happening. Mm-hmm. So... Well, that takes me back then to back in the day too. The, the old cartoon, the um, Inspector Gadget cartoon. Yeah. Oh yeah. I know oh, that. absolutely. And he yeah. was the bumbling idiot, <laughs> Penny yeah. and Brain. You know, doing yep. all the. That's true. Or even like, um, even like the Green Hornet was very similar mm-hmm. to that. You know, you had the Green Hornet, who was basically a hero, but the reality is he was saved far more often than not by his sidekick, Kato. By Kato, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I think that's where a lot of th- where a lot of John Carpenter got where, where he got a lot of this stuff too. Mm-hmm. Is uh, I would imagine he was probably a huge fan of the Green Hornet. Mm-hmm. It seems like something that would be right up his alley. So something with uh, John Carpenter films that that always I think makes him so famous for the things that he's that he does is the music. And so when we are um, looking into this film, just like with his other previous films, like he is responsible for the score, soundtrack, everything involving the music for this film. And we were talking about it earlier before we got on the air, like how iconic in 1980s this soundtrack <laughs> mm-hmm. really is with its synth heaviness and everything else. But it, it sounds awesome. Like if there is, I, obviously I'm not a big fan of this movie, but I loved the soundtrack of this film. I loved the feel of it. Yeah, so. he's he's super, influ- all, of his, all of his movie scores are very influential as far as, um, other people, other 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 uh, composers, not stealing from him, but but borrowing ideas from him, especially in things like the slasher genre, uh, like we did with Halloween and Tubular Bells. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was that's maybe one of the most iconic horror, th- one of the most iconic themes of all time. Um, and, and oh, yeah, it, Halloween! Agree, yeah. You have you have symphonies that go out and play this music now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and it was and, just and, and it's very own. simple too. It's just a simple little piano thing, sure. and it just repeats over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's what grabs your attention mm-hmm. yeah and it's and it's the same way here it, it has well we'll just play some this is uh lopan's domain is it lopan's domain
I feel like that sound right there, you know, it, it's so obvious that this guy does horror movies, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, just, just buy that. <laughs> like, if there was an Asian horror movie, I feel like they should just take the soundtrack from Big Trouble Little China and use it. Mm-hmm. Sure, absolutely. Yeah. And, and his band actually did a lot of the music for it as well. He he has a band, yeah. um, and they go out and perform all the time, or they did at least. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they still do or not. And uh, he even had a song that his band performed at the very, very end credits as well. This one is, uh, I think it's just the theme, basically. Yeah. Of course, John Carpenter singing. He's channeling Elvis there, which is ironic because of the Elvis movie that he made with yeah. Kurt Russell as Elvis. So that was the first time the two worked together, I believe. Was it? From from what I saw. Pop quiz, hot shot. Oh, what do you got for me? I have a wonderful pop quiz for you guys. Okay, all right. How many movies have John Carpenter and Kurt Russell made together? We just got Elvis. Yeah. You mentioned Escape from New York. New York. And wasn't there LA, LA, right? Yeah. You've got this one. That's four. Talked about it already. Well, big trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Mentioned that one. Oh, maybe we haven't. We talked about it before the show. Sorry. So you're telling us there's another one. So I guess it's not Uh, four because I was going to go with four. I don't know. Five, six. Five, six. There's five total. So you've got the thing. Oh. Oh, he's in the thing. Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Kurt Russell's the lead of the thing. Yep. Oh, he's the lead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the thing. Oh, so. man. Uh, you're missing out. It is my favorite horror movie of all time. Really? 100%. All you have to do is just watch the one scene where the extraterrestrial <laughs> is in the dog and watch the dog's face just peel apart. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Now I don't need to watch the movie. Uh, no, so. no. Even, no, even <laughs> when you know it's coming, it's one of the most frightening, iconic. Oh, yeah. Uh, just, and then the spider creature afterward. Oh, mm-hmm. my God. Much better oh. than Stephen King's It, the <laughs> the old spider creature from... <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, I'm going to make it... This is my personal goal for the month of October. I'm going to watch five horror movies I haven't seen. Okay. So. The Thing is definitely and I, has and to be one of the Thing, I'll add on there. So. Have, you seen, have you seen Event Horizon? No. You should watch that, too. Is that a horror movie? Yeah. It's a, it's a horror sci-fi film. I was going to say, I think... Mm. Is that from, like, the 90s? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Same I think, I heard, I think I've it's heard of it. It's sci-fi horror. Oh. It's really good. All right. Mm-hmm. And I then, was gonna throw like I've never seen Exorcist, believe it or not, either. Which <gasps> I know that's like scene? that's like the horror movie. I'm, right, not a, I'm actually not a huge fan of that movie. No, no. I know it's like top ten of all time. It for is like yep. for grossing for money making. But anyway, but I, I think that's more like the, there's an iconic scene in that because okay. I, I bet if you ask people who've seen the movie, like oh yeah, what Everyone's are some of the other that. scenes? <laughs> um, is it like the mm. bleeding scene or something like blood? 
You're not going to tell me. No, you have to watch it. Yeah, you, right, need, you just need to see it. <laughs> All right, fair enough. We're not a horror movie podcast yes, either, so it kind of distracted us here. But, I mean, we are talking John Carpenter. But the so. power of Christ compels you. <laughs> yes. I only use that because it's from the movie. <laughs> One other thing I had to say about, about the music, which I, I kind of want to know a little bit more about it. He sounds very David Bowie to me. Like, both with his just kind of background music when uh, Bowie and Brian Eno worked together in the late 70s. But then also, like, that song sounds a lot like early 80s Bowie when he kind of did like Let's Dance, China Girl, that kind of stuff. So I wonder if they like ever hung out or chilled out or or he was like heavily influenced by Bowie because I love David Well, Bowie. you're in luck. I've got him on the phone. <laughs> He's dead. John Carpenter? David no, David Bowie. Bowie. Yeah, I know Bowie's dead. No. <laughs> yeah, he's uh, decomposing music, yeah. isn't that right? Oh, oh, and with that. Oh, the captain just sunk our ship. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, with the music, before you, you switch topics, yeah. one of the things that I like about it is, uh, as someone who actually collects movie soundtracks, um, when I gauge, you know, what do I like and what do I not like, mm-hmm. is I like music that I can drive to. Okay. So it's something I can put on, and I can, it's like, this is great driving music. And... Mm-hmm. Listening to um, the uh, Pork Chop Express yep. <laughs> song, it is really good driving music. Okay. And then the low pan is great for like concentration music. I so like how you have. I do. <laughs> like I have t- pork chop yeah, you have like different themes, right? For, for what, depending for what on what mood you're in, <laughs> it is kind of scary. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I'll put some pork chop on for you. Okay, and then we can practice our driving. <laughs> That's a great call, man. That it's, that driving baseline is, it, yeah. is like rev that engine. Let's go. Problem is, I drive a Chevy Cruze. Like, yeah, <laughs> it just doesn't feel right. You know? <laughs> Not, Not driving the, the, the Pork Chop Express, which is uh, hysterically funny. And I didn't catch it probably till the fourth time I watched this movie mm-hmm. that he calls it the Pork Chop Express. And then when he finally pulls in, you realize he's driving pigs that are going to be killed in Chinatown. Yeah. Oh, like, I didn't catch that oh, at all. What? That's what he holds. He holds. He's holding. Yeah, <laughs> that is awesome. But uh, yeah, anytime I put that on as I'm driving, I always feel like I should get on my CB and start giving out some, you know, like <laughs> just world tips. You know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just start shooting out Jack Burton quotes Jack. and see if anyone catches on. Have that's you on paid the your side. dues, Jack? <laughs> yes, sir. The check is in the mail. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Uh, our cast, real quick, we can roll by here. I, we've talked a lot about Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. obviously. Um, some other people that were considered uh, was Clint Eastwood, Jack Nicholson, and Jeff Bridges. Um, Kurt himself didn't really know how to handle the character. You know, we've already talked a little bit about how this is a unique character in, in movies. You know, and how he's you know he's this hero with many screw ups and isn't really like the leader, even though I guess you consider him to be. The, the hero he he said that he wanted to think of himself as indiana jones but he but an indiana jones that can't handle what's going on <laughs> so we're like indiana jones definitely is like keeping his 
cool and composure and is on top of things. Uh, that's clearly not what's happening here with Jack Burton. But well, I do kind of like that reference. Especially in the scene when uh, the, there's a gunfight going on. And do you have a, <laughs> I have a knife. <laughs> I mean, it's just the opposite of the whole Indiana Jones thing when yeah. he pulls his gun out and yeah. shoots the guy with the whip. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Or, or the scene where there it's him and Wang and what was the other, his buddy that was the... Uh, the other, the other Asian guy, other Asian guy, Eddie, Eddie, Eddie. And, yeah. Eddie. Eddie. And, and Eddie finds the machine gun. Jack takes the machine gun, so Wang <laughs> oh, yeah, takes yeah, the yeah. revolver, and then Eddie's left with the smallest gun. Yeah. And the reality is, none of them should have the gun. Exactly. <laughs> safety, and, and, safety. Yeah, and then, and then yeah. Jack's doesn't even work. Right. <laughs> and then when he finally uses it, he shoots the ceiling above his head <laughs> yeah, and knocks right. himself out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, my pop quiz that I had. Was, oh, I'm sorry. I'm, a, oh, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me get it. No, I got it. I got it. No, that's oh, definitely. That's, no. that's our intro. No, I got it. You're, I you're doing terrible at this. Here we go. Ready? Mm. Pop quiz. Oh, hot shot. Oh, it was too loud. <laughs> nice and loud. Hopefully, okay. no okay. one just drove off the whatever <laughs> road they were on. You got to cue me better. You got to be like, I, I, I think I gave a decent one. I, I should do a little bit more of a visual cue. Anyway, what role did Kurt Russell give up to be Jack Burton? Oh, I don't know. Oh, I you can't look it up. That doesn't make it a pop quiz is if it, you're going to look it up. It's an open book quiz. Is it something famous? Like, yes. Yeah, like, it is. Oh, wow. He really should have done that instead. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. The Highlander. Oh, that's right. Really? Yeah. That, that was his, and he turned it down. Which is good. I don't think he would have been good as the Highlander. No, I agree. <laughs> would he have tried to do the accent? I don't know what he would have done. <laughs> That's, yeah, I don't see Jack Russell doing that. But you Jack, know. Russell. Jack Russell. Jack Russell. <laughs> He's a dog or now. Or his terrier. He, right. <laughs> it was the animated Highlander. <laughs> well, you know, his character name is Jack. Now I just mixed him as one. Right. <laughs> All right. We got uh, Kim Catrell. Is that right how you say Kim that? Kim Cattrall. Cattrell. 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 That, was, that was horrible. Oh, did Cattrell. you not watch Sex in the City? That was. That, the... I know her. She's she's uh, what's her name from that crap? Who cares? She's the blonde. I don't know, yeah. I don't know her name, <laughs> but she's also in Porky's. I know she's in that. Yeah. I think, and that was before this one. Yes. And mm. I don't know if she's had any other major roles. She was in one of the Star mm. Trek movies. Yeah, she was Star Trek. Was she oh, been? Oh, she was. She yeah. was. Uh, wasn't she a Romulan? I think. Yes. It's like uh, she Vulcan. was. Or Vulcan, because she, yeah. she was with Spock. Right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. I wonder if that was Wrath of Khan. I think. No, no. you're thinking of Christie Alley. Oh, that is Christie Alley. Right. Yeah. She played no, in but the Kim third Cattrall one, was, I think. Yeah, I think it was the fourth one. I no, it was, I think it was like the... F- oh, I think it was the sixth, sixth one. Wasn't she the bad guy yeah. in the sixth one? If like, they, she sets something up? Yeah. Okay. All right, anyway. Um, <laughs> Dennis Dunn is Wang, mm-hmm. which um, I guess he was famous for the movie Year of the Dragon, which I don't know if that's one that either of you have seen. I have not. No, and he was not the first pick. He was not. I do know who that was, but... Go ahead. It was Jackie Chan. That's right. It was Jackie Chan. Yeah, they initially wanted to have Jackie Chan do this. Yep. And did, he turned it down, I believe. He did. Yeah. Well, he eventually makes the East versus West one with. Um, oh, I'm trying to think of the actor's name. Um, blonde guy. Oh, from Rush Hour. He keeps not pushing Rush Hour. I am. I, I, I really want to see Rush Hour again. I, this is like the third it's time like I've mentioned like it. Like you're going to drop that in all of the podcasts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like until the until eventually I start getting hate mail. <laughs> okay, Groucho Marx. What's, <laughs> what's the code word? <sighs> Sorry. Uh, Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Owen Wilson. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Is that Shanghai Noon? Shanghai Noon. Yeah, you there see? I can help out sometimes. Perfect. Yes. Perfect. And then the only other major one, I mean, I have some other lists here, and that is James Hong, who is Lopan himself. Mm-hmm. I know I've seen him in a lot of other movies too, playing as like character actor as 
Chinese guy. Mm-hmm. He was the Chinese owner of the Chinese restaurant in the Seinfeld episode too. Oh. Yeah, that. Yeah, he shows so up all the time. He does. Well, so. the only other one of note is, and I t- I had to look his name up. Mm-hmm. As one of those iconic characters, you're like, oh, I've seen him before. It was uh, Al Leong, who yeah. was Genghis Khan in. Um, the uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he was in he was in Batman. Yeah. He was one of the one of the thugs in Batman. Yeah, he's oh, one of those guys with the just glasses. The black. He always wore the the always wore the sunglasses. He was like the eighty nine Batman. He was like he was like Chinese Bob. Oh, you remember Bob? Yeah, I know Bob. He was like the Asian Bob. Remember, okay. I had I had the I had the action <laughs> yeah. figure of Bob for <laughs> some reason. <laughs> like he didn't do anything. I don't know why I have an action <laughs> figure of a regular guy, but mm-hmm. no, he wasn't the guy in this. He wasn't the sword scene guy. Uh, no, he was he, no. in the uh, first scene in the alleyway. He's yeah. wielding a like a, a knife or something. A, he's got a um, the chop with <laughs> cleaver. A cleaver. Thank you. Oh. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, and he did some of the stunt coordinating too, I believe, as well. Oh, okay. Cool. All right. Um, I, <laughs> you know, this is usually the point where we talk about what this film is and going through the details here. <laughs> do you want me to just do a quick rundown? Absolutely. Awesome. Okay. So Jack Burton rolls into town with his pigs, wants to drop them <laughs> off. That's right. Right? Mm-hmm. Finds a place to park his his truck eventually down a, down a, like an a alleyway. Like a side street. Like yeah, a side something. street. And uh, drives right into the middle of a gang war between two rival Chinese gang factions. Well, you know, eventually he doesn't even do some gambling thing with Juan, right. and then yeah. they then they right. pick up the, <laughs> the whole airport. Juan, Juan, Wang. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, what time is yeah, it? Yeah, you don't like the movie. <laughs> 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 All right, you know what? Take it away. Well, I was going to say, you you said you could take it over, but then right. you missed the big airport scene, but which the, I feel like is really pretty big, important. It is, it is important. Really important. It is important because it, it sets up the whole... All right, fine. Go ahead. Just do it. And so, the, the original Wang scene is where he sets up his... It's all in the reflexes. Oh, yeah. that's true. Okay, Which becomes enough. super important later in the... Yeah. You know what? Because Jack Burton somehow... I'm muted. I'm <laughs> That's great. Leave that the rest of the night. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you know there was some gambling going on. He takes Wang with him, and and they go to the airport. I don't really understand that part. Why they why he went with? He was going to pick up his, yeah, uh, his fiance. fiance. He was. So did the fiance? Was she going to have this money? Is that why Jack went? Yeah, with? he said he had to go to the restaurant. And uh, Jack says, "I'm not leaving you alone." Oh, he says, "Well, right. I have to go to the airport." And he says, "Well, I'm going with you." Okay, fair enough. So then he, and this was kind of confusing for me, again, only seeing this, you know, very rarely, but so he, he's there to pick up his fiance, but then her name was, I had it, crap. Uh, Green-eyed girl. Gracie Law, right? Gracie Law, oh, Gracie who, Law. Is, who is Kim, Kim Cattrall. Cattrall, Cattrall, is there as well, who is looking for another green-eyed girl. No, I don't think she was green-eyed, was she? No, yeah, they, I she was just another, no, no, no. She was yeah. No, she was she just was, somebody that was trying to get smuggled out of the country, right? Oh, I thought she was also a green eye girl because that's who the thugs were going after. They weren't no. going after the fiance. They accidentally grabbed the fiance, right? Yeah. But they were going after her to um, put oh, her into prostitution because she, right. she was just going to be part of that white tiger. And because they couldn't get her, they happened to grab um, the fiance, right? Who was I have her name too, Miao Yin. Miao Yin, thank you. Yeah. And so from there, then they are chasing after these guys. That's when they fall into this alleyway with the semi, which that's some hell of driving to go through a <laughs> alleyway with a semi. And then, boom, you're right. They're right in the middle. 
of this gang war, which it looked like there's like three factions of it that's going on there. Well, they described well, two. Well, it was two, and then... But they had like three different well, colors. And then, right? No, it was... It was, it was two. two, and then the um, the three storms show up, yeah, and right. they're the third group. Yeah, uh, maybe that's what I was thinking, right? Rain, thunder, and lightning. Right, yeah, that's a third one, and that's that's Lopan's like thugs, and mm-hmm. and Lopan is the one that runs the prostitution ring. Yes, and Lopan, um, Jack Burton thinks he runs him over, but he doesn't, and so he gets out of his truck to see what happened. Then they start running away. The truck gets taken by them. Well, they abandon the truck. They abandon right. the truck, yeah. they, but, but they run away. By the time they go back, the truck is gone. Yeah, and I think they go back to the to the restaurant at that point to kind of think of a plan. Hey, what is it that we're going to do here? Meanwhile, the other girls are there. A couple other characters get thrown in, friends of Wang and whatnot. And they send Jack to the brothel mm-hmm. by himself at first to try and find um, Miao Yin. And he's kind of roaming around and all that kind of stuff. I don't know if he actually ends up finding her in the brothel, but the three, the the, the three storms show up. The, yeah, the three storms or whatever they show up, and really that's it's just this back and forth that's happening throughout this film as they're trying to get to Wang's fiance. Um, you know, yeah, I don't know. And there's all sorts of mystical elements that go into it, like. Um, uh, all the the like like the cave creatures that mm-hmm. live under Lopan's uh, what is it is it like a mansion or is it a domain domain they just keep calling it. yeah they don't even really say what it is. it's almost as if it's like a separate underground sewer city mm-hmm. underneath Lo, underneath Lopan's like fortress or whatever it is well that's part of the fun too is the the um, when they do go exploring down there you mm-hmm. know so it it has the storefront but then mm-hmm. behind it is all this mystic you know kind of thing. Um, and in one scene, he's walking down with Egg Shen, and mm-hmm. he says, "Oh, there's the you know, black blood of the earth." And <laughs> Burton says, "Oh, you mean oil?" He says, "No, it's the black blood of the earth." <laughs> <laughs> um, and then later they go into, or actually, it was right before that they go into Egg Shen's um, home. I don't know what it is. Yeah. And and he, goes, what is all this junk? Yeah. And, <laughs> and and Wang tells him, he goes, "Oh my God, this is like prices you." You, it, it's kind of making fun of the American ideal, you know, like uh, we see junk, but it's this really, really cool, yeah. you know, uh, stuff. Um, yeah. Better word <laughs> for and that. He's like a, yeah. and, 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 and Egg is like a, uh, I don't know, almost like a, like an antique dealer. Yeah. And he's very, very rich. <laughs> well, well, he's kind of like a wizard, right? Yeah, like he like concocted a, that potion. Right. You know, which, <laughs> which makes him feel warm. <laughs> and, <laughs> and invincible. Weird. Yeah, and invincible, which... <laughs> I don't really know how. How do you how do you feel invincible? <laughs> anyone anyone know? I'm I'm pretty sure it's psychosomatic <laughs> and or hallucinogenic. I'm yeah. not sure. But he also runs the tour bus. You know, <laughs> yes, kind of his, his Clark Kent. Uh, you know. Yeah. Persona. Yeah. Which you know the beginning of the film, which we didn't mention, and, and I want to because uh, it had to get added at the last minute. That's when he's like when 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 Egg Sean is. Um, sitting with a lawyer it looks like like the very very beginning of this film yeah and it seems like he's about to like set up the story and what it's about so they wanted to do that because they wanted to create this environment in the film that jack burton is the hero Mm -hmm. which i don't see that at all from the dialogue that happened in that scene so why fox felt like they needed to add that because the movie was just going to start with jack driving down the road in the semi with Mm -hmm. his pigs in the back Mm -hmm. but then they added that scene at the very very end i feel like that didn't that didn't do anything. 
Yeah, right? well, I, mean, the reason, I think the reason why they did that is they were afraid to not have a distinguishable hero in the film. So they had an to American. come up an American hero in the film and say, this is the hero of the film. He mm-hmm. is the guy that's calling all the shots, and he's the one that ultimately is going to save the, ga- the day. When the reality is he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But they wanted to tell fans that up front to kind of mask what's actually happening, mm-hmm. which obviously John Carpenter, I'm sure, was not happy with. No, he was not happy with it at all. And there's been several movies um, that the studios will promote this actor is in it, and they make him seem like they are the main thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what film it was specifically, but I remember Andy Garcia was promoted, and he was only in the movie for like 12 minutes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it was like, oh, it's an Andy Garcia movie. Hmm, got to go see this. And, and it wasn't his movie at all, but they were afraid that people wouldn't go see it if it was, you know. Yeah. Well, that happens a lot. I mean, look at, uh, we, we had this discussion with The Fugitive. Um, where Harrison Ford is the top billed actor, but the reality is mm. he's not really... Well, that was your opinion. That's my opinion. I don't is, think D-Rock and I agreed with you totally. But. Probably not, but <laughs> but I, I think the real star of the film is um, Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah, but I would argue that anytime you have a, a supporting actor that gets a really, I don't know, well-recognized, well-critiqued, you know, he stole the show. Performance, you mm-hmm. st- yeah, you always steal the show. So I don't All know right. if that's yeah. You know, maybe know. maybe it's not quite apples and orange, apples to apples, but <laughs> it's <laughs> okay. still fruit. apples to orange. It's, it's still fruit. <laughs> it's still fruit. It still tastes good, and y- it's in a salad, mm-hmm. and yeah. Okay, you can stop. <laughs> so uh, going back to the the western idea, because I know I kind of knocked that down earlier, but yeah. but I did write down that that Carpenter does throw that kind of Mexican standoff in there when they first get in that alleyway and you've got the gangs kind of looking at each other. Is that why you called him Juan instead of Wang? It might have been <laughs> okay. for all I know. Um, but that was cool because it was a different twist of it because if I remember right, they first were shooting at each other and then they were actually martial art fighting Correct. each other. Okay. Correct. So, and, and I would say that, you know, the, the action scenes in this film are great. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it sounded like from some of the things I was reading that, like, time was really short to really nail it right. Mm-hmm. But you don't really, it doesn't ever pull off as, like, hokey to me. Like, they look like legit martial art scenes well, and, and fighting that goes on. I mean, on. It, was all, it was all very, very well choreographed mm-hmm. and executed. Mm-hmm. And it would, there are legitimately great martial arts scenes in this yeah carpenter said he cheated but you don't see it on camera he said that he had like um what do you call them, like trampolines and wires oh, when sure. different mm-hmm. scenes and all that mm-hmm. that usually you know if you have enough time you don't need to necessarily use all those things but he's like hey like we were at a crunch here i think if i read right he only had like 14 weeks to even shoot the film wow. and that that's one it. of the reasons why they allowed him to make this is because he is a very efficient director like he mm. is known as somebody who will um, very, very efficiently use his time and his resources to make the most of what he's got. Mm-hmm. Now, all right, so I, I get this idea of this mysticism, but, you know, all of a sudden we start to see these weird-ass creatures show <laughs> up in this movie. And, and that's another part of this film that started like, I'm like, what is going on yeah. here? Mm-hmm. You know, that was one of those parts that kind of lost me. I don't know. How did you guys feel about what well, you had the the eyeball thing? I liked the ant that had like a whopping two seconds where he just like goes out of the hole, grabs a guy, and takes him and leaves. Remember mm-hmm. that when they're in the the sewers or <laughs> yes. whatever? Um, I don't know. I feel like was was any of that really necessary? I don't know. Well, or is that know. him trying to throw that horror element kind of in there? I think. 
did you like it even? I don't know. Like, well, was that for something me? That, for me, I did um, okay. because of the whole idea of um, Lopan being cursed. Mm-hmm. And they said that his demon was actually there. So when they show the demon, that was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, okay. I mean, terrible, terrible <laughs> special effects. I give you that one. Okay. And I remember hearing some story that the stunt man was a real wimp, and <laughs> like, so there was there was some filming issues they had with him. But okay. um, uh, yeah, I liked the the creatures underneath because um, for you, you said you didn't like the whole "I don't know what's going on" aspect. Yeah. For me, I did. Okay. So for him to see these things down there and like go, "What the hell?" <laughs> As I'm watching, is going, "What the hell?" <laughs> yeah. And like the the guardian with the eyes, all the eyes all around. Um, as a fan of Greek mythology, you know, yeah. uh, you start making these connections to, you know, some of these mythological creatures. I wonder if this is one of those movies that if I had someone watching it with me, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. Like you mentioned mm. when you first saw it, it was with your brother. Right. And there's another podcast I listened to that, that makes arguments that with comedies, like what makes comedies great is who you're watching them with. Mm. And that in a lot of cases, comedies by themselves, they just don't have that same punch that you get out of it. And since this is very highly, like there's a lot of comedic elements to this. Definitely. I wonder if I would have had a different take, like if I sat and watched this with one of you guys or mm. someone else that liked the film. Yeah, probably. I think you would. I think you would enjoy it more. Because, because I, I could be like the what the F moment, you know, <laughs> right, when, yeah, when all right. of a sudden this weird creature shows up, <laughs> and, you know, or when uh, it's a thunder that just explodes because he, <laughs> right. he's so <laughs> upset <laughs> that his boss died or yeah. something. I'm like, yep. what? Like, like no one even like touched him. Like you, they weren't <laughs> fighting him. And all of a sudden he just blew up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought that stuff was great. I thought the three storms were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like as far as, as far as, you know, villains go. I mean, they're iconic. Look at, look at. Well, it's Mortal Kombat, right? Well, that's what I'm saying yeah, is... Yeah, very much. Is um, the, guy, like Raiden, the guys who designed right? Mortal Kombat stole Raiden from that. And actually, um, um, Lo Pan is the inspiration for uh, Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat as well, stealing mm-hmm. the souls. Oh, okay. Mm, nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in, in the end, they do save the day. Um, you know, for a while, you know, as, as the story was, the reason why... Um, Lopan is doing all of this is he was cursed 2,000 years ago. He needs to ultimately marry or be with or sacrifice. Which one was it? Maybe all of them. <laughs> Might have been all of them. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, a green-eyed girl in order for him to be fully resurrected, I guess. Um, to be free of his curse. To right. be free to of allow his curse. Him, to allow him to live out the rest of his life and die. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, they're able to save the day and the ending is odd so like i liked how you know there wasn't i didn't personally feel like there was a whole lot of of a romantic connection between gracie and and jack Mm -hmm. and you know at the last minute you know the two of them i think they kiss on the elevator i like how the lipstick is still on him for like a solid like (laughs) for like a solid 10 minutes later like he's just he's like shooting people and killing people he's got the (laughs) lipstick on from from kissing yeah and she finally has to clean it off him so yeah (laughs) but then like when the movie ends you know he chooses he's like yeah i'm i'm not sticking around like uh, i'm out i'm gonna hop in my truck and continue on my way and he didn't seem to have any remorse for it or anything like that. And maybe that's part of what Carpenter was going for here with, like, this guy is not really a hero, mm-hmm. whereas in a movie, like, the hero would stay with the girl. And Although his line is almost heroic because he said, I know who I am, and this is going to be screwed up. You know, and we watch movies like um, Speed, 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And they kiss at the end. They go, oh, these these relationships based on some of the things never work, you know, yeah. those kind of things. So I like that he kind of addressed that. Like he just says, eh, it's not going to well, work. Well, and that's very much the Western sentimentality of it. That's that's the hero riding in town, completing his mission, and riding out of town. Yeah, that's true, too. That's it. It's very much the whole, he gets back on his horse and says goodbye and moves on. He's a drifter. Yeah. The other the other connection I made to it, too, was um, looking at uh, Han Solo's character. And, uh, oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And when... Uh, Leia says, I love you, and he instead of saying, I love you, too, he says, I know, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> it's this kind of like, he's a man's man. He doesn't, you know, it's not this romantic interest kind of movie. Mm-hmm. It's more, it's a real manly man type of thing. So I remember, you know, when I was younger watching this, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Okay. Um, any, any other favorite scenes or favorite quotes? Uh, the cap has done a pretty good job with uh, throwing out those quotes out there, but you know what all Jagger Burton <laughs> says? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> I I had one too. Uh, what the hell was it? Oh, if we're not back by dawn, call the president. Call the <laughs> 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 like, what? Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I've given you yeah several of my favorites, but one of the other ones too is I cannot walk into a Chinese restaurant now <laughs> and without saying. China is here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell does that mean? China is here. <laughs> but I, every time I walk into a Chinese restaurant, I always say that in my head, start laughing, get on my phone to my brother and go, hey, China is here. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> uh, overall, the movie was a huge failure. Gigantic failure. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. It cost $25 million to make and it made $11 million. <laughs> I mean, it did not go well. And it was a little bit unexpected um, just because of the fact that Russell and Carpenter, when they did some test screenings, people seemed to enjoy it. Like, uh-huh. the, it was really positive. Um, the, the movie theater, or the, the production company, 20th Century Fox, they said did a really poor job of advertising it. You know, you even mentioned that, that you don't really remember even seeing anything about the movie coming out. Right. Um, and so that's true to what, to what the stories tell. Um, it was also in the middle of this hype of aliens, um, which was massive at that time. And so, yeah, it, it had to get that cult following for us to even be talking about it, to be quite honest, because this definitely could have been one of those movies that just happened and went away and nothing ever happened again. And this is the movie that soured John Carpenter on making Hollywood films. This is why he kind of went back to to the whole... He's, he's very much known as a DIY filmmaker, you know, uh, almost like a guerrilla-style filmmaker where he goes and he does everything on his own by himself because he can control it all and not have to answer anybody. And this is what drove him back to that, is this sour experience that he had making a movie that he truly enjoyed making just to see it fail for reasons not of his own. Yeah. The the film did have a video game. Have you ever, have you ever played this game, LPJ? I guess no. it came out in 86. So. I've never played it. I didn't know it was a video game either. Yeah. So I, I don't know anything else about it. Maybe our Legend of Retro guys might know more about it. Um, well, the, it may be getting some more hype soon, though, because yeah. the remake. Yeah, I was about to say, and now there's talks of a remake, which originally it was thought that The Rock was going to be Jack Burton, but just as a couple days ago, I think they said that's not going to be the case. So I think The Rock is still involved, but they're not really saying in what well, kind of type of capacity he's going to be in. The most recent thing I read is it's not a remake, it's a semi-sequel set within the same world. Hmm. where The Rock is going to be a completely new character thrown into potentially a similar situation. And the talk is that Kurt Russell may make an appearance in the movie as Jack Burton. 
But like later in life, 30 years later, however many years later it'll be. Well, they kind of set it up at the very end with the creature coming out of his truck. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see, did he get cursed? And then he could pull his, what was uh, his name in Guardian of the Galaxy to his character. Ego. Oh, Ego. Ego, Right. (laughs) (laughs) So to come back with that kind of, uh, you know, (laughs) vibe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> mm-hmm. We'll see if it uh, if anything happens with it. I don't know. And yeah, everything you never know. and everything the rock touches, you know, makes a ton of money, so maybe second time around this movie can can have some redemption, who knows. Yeah. Oh, but everything he touches is also <laughs> not good. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's well, kind of a different debate. Yeah, yeah, that's a little bit different debate. <laughs> You'd have to listen to our Patreon special that we made for yeah. for people to uh, see how we feel about the rock. Which just because you're a guest it doesn't mean you don't have to pay. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, true. Just a heads up. Yeah, fair. That's uh, fair. That's fair. All right, we ready to rate this bad boy? So, so our rating is out of five machine guns. You can do half machine guns as well. You can do half machine guns if you want. Um, you you want to go first? I was going to say, does Cap want to go first? You want me no, to? I wanna, I'm curious what you would rate it because you did not like it when <laughs> we started. Yes. <laughs> and so, yeah, I I think coming into sitting down here and doing this, I was going to give this thing a, a two out of five machine guns. It was not particularly enjoyable for me. There were, you know, I was trying to follow along like i said with jack burton trying to be like all right what's happening here what's happening here eventually i'm like i don't care anymore uh the music was awesome fighting scenes were cool you know when when things get totally ridiculous it does throw me off as i've mentioned and some of our other episodes um i will knock it up a half though so based on some of the things that we've said today um, I do have a little bit more respect for this film. You guys have sold me a little bit, so I'm going to give it still a failing grade, but I'm going <laughs> to give it a two and a half machine guns. All right, fair enough. So for me, knowing what it was going in, you know, this this combination of comedy and horror and whatnot, um, and being able to quote so many lines and the you know with watching it with my brother, um, since you can do the halves, I'm going to go four and a half out of Ooh. five as one of my top favorite movies to quote, <laughs> especially when I'm feeling badass and realize I'm really not. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I okay. am in the similar vein, not as high on it. This is a four for me, and it's a movie that I enjoy immensely because it is John Carpenter, and I am a huge John Carpenter fan. I've seen, I haven't seen every single one of his movies, but I've seen a lot of them, and I, and every one that I've seen, I've enjoyed, even the crappy ones like, you know, Escape from L.A. Um, <laughs> and and Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, this is two a, and a half. This is a solid four for me. Um, it's just super enjoyable, and, and, and it really defines what a cult movie is, and this is my kind of cult movie. It's another one of those movies that I'd be interested to see um, what our listeners feel about it, too. Yeah. So if, if any of you that are listening um, would like to, to chime in on that, you know, please reach out to us on our social media, either on Instagram or Facebook and Twitter, and say what you think about this film, or if you'd like to join the Discord that we have set up through Games of the Media, please do that as well. Yep. Yeah. This is one that we definitely have some differences on, so like to see how others feel too i agree i agree all right well we should probably finish with some more business shall we so all right well you want to take it away yeah Yeah. you get us started all right so uh check out gamezillamedia.com you can find uh, all the information about all of our podcasts there uh us gamezilla podcast gamezilla alpha uh legend of retro 
uh, noobs and dragons. We got all sorts of stuff. Um, we got a, a, a new podcast coming out, so keep an eye on that. Um, We've got uh, blogs almost every day. Yep. We've got um, our our Twitch um, streamers that are busy each and every day as well that you can follow and see what they're up to. Craig WK has got some long plays that he's doing. Um, there's and, always something that you could do that we offer for you. And so. not only that, um, we love inter- interacting with the fans on Instagram and Facebook and on the website itself. And uh, we have this thing called uh, Zilla Activity, hashtag Zilla Activity. Whenever you go out uh, and, and you're in, in some kind of in you know like an amusement park or going shopping or looking for pops you know take a picture send it to us hashtag it zilla activity let us know you're out there um we love seeing those we're going to comment on we're going to like your pictures uh we love seeing all the fan activity so we appreciate that quite a bit and uh we love seeing those t-shirts out there so thanks for that yeah so like if you're in a chinese restaurant you want to say china is here (laughs) hashtag zilla activity that'd be fantastic 100 (laughs) percent 100 percent um, Captain, we'd like to uh, thank you for for being on our show. Well, I think um, the the appropriate line from the movie here is, "We really shook the pillars of heaven, didn't we, Wang?" <laughs> no horseshit, Jack. <laughs> I, I'm going to leave it right there. You know what? <laughs> That's good enough for me. Um, this episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated, <laughs> but we'll be back.